about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. With everything that's going on, it made me start to think like the 4th of July or Independence Day is more than just our fireworks, our day off, our picnics, our barbecues. It is freedom. It is a celebration of being independent, however dependent on the Lord. And right now, what, what the enemy is trying to do is take away freedoms. But that's not going to happen. Mm -mm. No, no, no. We, I don't care what anyone says. And yes, you all see I'm a black woman. I'm first kingdom. I have the definitely clarify that I'm kingdom then you see me as a black woman because that's just who I am temporarily till I get to heaven kingdom I'm always kingdom 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 and I will constantly declare that we live in an amazing great country I'm not gonna sit there some people did we're gonna black out the fourth I'm not blocking out we live in an amazing amazing country where not only do I have rights and privileges so does everyone else my girls have graduated from a university. It has nothing to do with them being black, woman, anything. They put in the work. Don't get me started. See? We're free. It's in your mindset. Where are you free? You got to be free. You got to stay free. So today I'm just going to briefly talk about truth. So I think truth, common sense, freedom is just out the door. It just went. And I want to talk to you today. Say, what kingdom truth are you standing on? And I'm saying kingdom truth, not your truth, not somebody else's truth. What is your truth as far as kingdom? Where are you standing? You don't even have to turn to the Bible in this because everyone knows where uh, this is in John 8:32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. You cannot have free. Oh, thank you, Pat. Okay, let me read that again. <laughs> and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. We cannot have freedom without truth. It goes together. Once you have that truth is when you can operate in freedom. I'm going to say it again. Once you have truth, it's truth, then you can operate in freedom. As kingdom people, we don't allow the stuff that's going around us and the words and the opinions of others to get us off of where we are standing, bold with a backbone to truth. Let me tell you what it says for truth. Truth is in the dictionary, actual state of a matter, a verified or indisputable fact or principle, reality and accuracy. Freedom is a state of being free or at liberty opposed to bondage or slavery. It's an opportunity to exercise one's rights and powers, freedom of movement, the power to determine action without restraint or confinement. Opposite of truth, falsehood, dishonesty, lie, misrepresentation. Opposite of freedom is communism, incompetence, weakness, slavery. Once again, you cannot have freedom without truth. Now with, with us, what we're doing as far as putting forth and pushing forth kingdom mandate, we don't allow ourselves to teeter-totter on what someone else is saying or doing. I say that again. We're gonna stand in truth. 
And as we stand in truth, we're not going to allow the evilness that the enemy is trying to do to divide because once you're dividing, then you could be conquered. But when we stand together in unity with the same voice, one voice, then we cannot be defeated. We're going to continue to shine God's bright, his light even brighter. We're going to continue to stand. We're going to continue to be that, that hope and voice of the Lord regardless. We're going to be that voice that's directing them to Jesus, not God. Don't be politically correct in these days. Let me talk to you about God. No, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus because you know why? I know Jesus is the one who brings hope. I know Jesus is the one who brings healing. I know Jesus is the one that brings deliverance. I know Jesus is the one that can bring prosperity when you need it. Just like we sing Waymaker, we know who he is. It's the name of Jesus. There is no name that's above his name. There is no name that you can go to and cast out demons. It has to be in the name of Jesus. There's no other name above heaven or life. Unless that's the name of Jesus. You need healing? Jesus. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm not talking about Allah. I'm talking about Jesus. The one who died on the cross for all of us. The one who shed his blood for all of us. Come on. Truth. When you're standing in truth, nothing is going to shake you. Another truth. What does Jesus say? He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. There's no other way. There's no other name we could be saved. There's no other name that can bring healing to your hurt. There's no other name that can bring reconciliation to you. And I don't care if people don't agree with that statement. I don't care if they give their opinion about it. Well, Latasha, I get that you're saying it, Jesus, but there gotta be some other ways. Truth is Jesus. You can give an opinion to it. You can say, I agree a little bit of it. Well, I do know Jesus. He was a prophet and he was real good. No, Jesus is the way. Come on. Truth don't care about your feelings. Truth don't care about your emotions. Truth don't care about because your mama and daddy and uncles and all said it this way. Truth is truth. And we ain't changing truth to suit your feelings. I'm done with pacifying people. I'm done. I'm standing up for the word of God. That's who I'm going to stand up for. And if you don't like it, that's okay. I'm going to still love you and keep it moving because I'm still going to be that bridge of hope. I'm still going to be that bridge of healing to let people know who he is. Come on. There's no change in truth. Point out. Truth is truth. That's it. You either believe in the truth or you believe in the lie. There's no middle with truth. There's no gray area with truth. There is no going under it or above it or between it. It's just truth. And you got to look at it because God's view of any matter is truth. He can't operate in anything else but truth. The thing is I love about our fathers that when he said it, he meant it. He never repents for anything because he said it. Once he says something, it doesn't come back. It's truth. His view on it. You have to always look at what is God's view on it. Not my emotions, not my feelings, not that other person's. It may sound good, guys, but that's how the enemy is. Something may sound good, and you're like, well, maybe. No, if it's not lined up to the word of God, it's not truth. And you can't have a little bit of truth. It's all of it. Am I going too fast? I don't want to skip stuff. I didn't want to skip stuff. Thank you, Lord. He's such a good God that he only operates and functions in truth. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad he only functions in truth. 
you got to be led by truth, people of God, right now like never before. you got to be careful what you click and like to on Facebook and on social media and Instagram and everything else. Be very careful because the Lord started speaking to me when I was about to click something because I saw a little bit of it, a smudge it, and I was going to click it, and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because you got to be careful. What are you aligning yourself to? We only want to align ourselves with the Father. And if what someone is saying does not completely line up, even if it's a little bit of truth or fat, it doesn't line up with the word, I'm not, I can't align myself with it. I can't do it. Don't be led by your feelings. Don't get caught up emotionally because it's quick. You start agreeing with somebody and they feelings and emotions because I'm telling you, opinions and emotions can change quickly. They'll change daily. They'll change about somebody. You couldn't stand them last week. This week you're loving them. <laughs> we know we do that. And when you start spreading all these opinions about someone, then you got to clean up the messiness that it caused because you're putting your opinions about something. That's why you got to be very careful to say, Lord, is this an opinion or is this a conviction that you're giving me? You got to be very careful because you're hearing all these numerous opinions and all of this other mess. It just causes distractions. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do is to distract you from the word of God. Instead of going on, get off social media and just go right to the word. Because sometimes you have to. I stop. Okay, because really, okay, I'm going to tell this. I had a couple of uh, feelings and emotions about people when I was in my 20s. I was caught up in a uh, very, I don't know the word I want to say in Islam. Strong? I don't know if I want to use that word. However, just I was in Islam. And we had a certain view about people. I won't tell you what that view is, and I thank you, Lord, you can't pull up the video and bring it up and remind people at 25 years later, because that's what we tend to do too, right? Bring up somebody, what they did when they were 20, and we want to act like they still believe that. We all know the dumbness that we all have. Sorry for people in your 20s and 18s. We all know the dumbness stuff that we thought, believed, in and said when we were 18, 19, 20, that there's no way in heck we'll say it right now. Because I thank God that he not only saved me, set me free, delivered me from that. And that's what I thank God about that, that there's growth and maturity, that I don't believe the same thing. And that's why you have to be very careful with what you're thinking and your opinions and your views because they change so much. But you know what doesn't change ever? So when you say something, it's the word. People get mad at you going, I didn't give you my opinion. It's just the word. So when you put some about the Lord on there with all this stuff going on, why are you bringing God into it? Because that's all we have to bring forth change. That's the truth of it all. And I tell you, I'm going to continue to stay led by the Spirit because the Word says they are my sons who are led by the Spirit. They are the ones who speak for me, not the ones who speak who are all caught up in everything else, opinions, feelings, and emotions. They are the ones who are led, the ones who are led by the Spirit of God. And let me tell you, I'm going to always stay in kingdom truth. Regardless, regardless if I hurt someone's feelings, I apologize to you in advance. Even if you're upset right now, I apologize. But truth is truth. 
I'm going to speak it regardless if you get offended. I'm going to speak it regardless if you unfriend me on Facebook. I'm going to speak it if you block me. I'll speak it regardless if you say I don't want to talk to you anymore and you're in my family. I'm going to continue to speak kingdom truth regardless if I lose people. Because you know what the word says? You will be hated for my name's sake. We forget about that verse. We don't want to deal with that when it comes to Jesus. We only want the fluffy good stuff. But he says when you speak truth and you're about his business, you're going to be hated for his name's sake. Are you being hated? Because if everyone's loving you and you floofy floofy, then you ain't about our daddy business. Because truth, people don't like truth. People don't want to hear truth. They think that you're the one that's crazy. Call me crazy because I'm standing on God's truth. People don't even want to listen. It says that's going to happen in the last days where people are just going to listen to doctrine of devils. They don't want to hear anything else. Let me tell you something. I, my husband and I went away last weekend, and we had uh, put in this interview with this lady who's running for Senate in Georgia, and there was three um, disc jockeys, or yeah, whatever you call them. Disc jockeys, that's old, they're 80s, right? <laughs> I don't listen to the radio anymore, I listen to Sears. <laughs> I don't know, it's, okay, radio interviewees, whatever. And the lady was straight up like this, and, and it's the way how we swing words. So the lady says, I'm pro-life, and I'm gonna stay pro-life. So it's either pro-life or you call it what? And it's like pro-choice. We're pro-choice. What's the opposite of pro-life? Pro-death. There's no difference. And the guy was like, pro-death? She's like, exactly. That's the difference between pro-life and pro-death. Well, the girl says, I still believe in the women's right to choose. I just choose. Well, you just got to say you pro-death. It's okay. If you're going to stand on something, then be truthful about it. Yeah, I'm pro-death. Just say it. Because that's the opposite of pro-life is pro-death. So if anybody in here is looking at certain things and trying to swing the words, the truth is truth. You're either pro-life or you're pro-death. No in-between. Friends can like it, not like it, be like okay with it. Doesn't matter which one you're standing on. And I couldn't believe the girl still said, I still choose it. I'm like, are you listening? And that's what I'm saying. Their ears are so clogged with demonic wax. Their eyes are so covered with scales. And they want to only look through their own lens, which their lens is dirty and foggy and messed up. And then they get mad at you when you don't look at it through their lens. Well, we're only going to look through the spiritual lens of things. We're only looking through what the Bible says. Let the Bible filter everything. Because this is what we're coming to. All right, what else? Jesus, thank you, Lord. Whew. I told everyone I was wearing this shirt when, when Main Man asked me. I said, because it's like fireworks. <laughs> I know you see flowers, but it's up to your own prophetic. Uh, <laughs> I prophetically see fireworks. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all know who I am. Glory to God. Who's done with pacifying people's emotions? Who's done with that? Who's just ready to stand on truth and just say, I'm done? Snatch the pacifiers out of their mouth. Let them just cry. Yeah, you know how babies do that. Just snatch it out. Start crying. Get delivered. Crying is part of deliverance. You cry, you get delivered. You sneak, whatever. Snatch the pacifiers out of people's mouths. Snatch them out. We're done. Pacifiers is done. Jesus. Stay aligned, people. Stay aligned with the kingdom of God. My husband and I have decided, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to speak truth. As for me and my house, we are going to seek first the kingdom of God. As for me and my house, we're going to choose to believe Psalm 91, Psalm 23, Psalm 1 to 150, the whole word. As for me and my house, we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. 
We're not going to go by what the media is saying. We're not going to go what is by, what's trending today because it changes too. We're not going to go what is, what is being popular right now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Glory to God. Let's go to 1 Timothy. I'll let you go to one Bible verse. Let me tell you, God is working through Team Robinson today. And I say God's working through Team Robinson because I'm going to go a little bit. I'm almost done. I'm going to bring my husband, Pastor Ben, up in a little bit. So you can have a little taste of both of us. You got a buffet. We love y'all so much. We're giving you a mixture so you can have whatever you like. Take something out of it and roll with it. 1 Timothy 4. Got to hurry up so my honey can get up here. It's hot in here. Jesus. 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We are living in a time right now where it is taking place. As I said earlier, people only want to see through their own lens. And I want to tell you this, that when you are talking to someone and you have a disagreement, I don't understand why people can't disagree without having a whole breakdown and then not wanting to be your friend anymore or talk to you. Whatever happened, just being adults and just talking to someone and maybe just having a little difference of opinion. How come we just can't agree to disagree, but don't allow that disagreement to go all up in your spirit and cause strife? How come you just can't say, hey, I don't agree with that, and you're not anti this, anti that, shamed or bullied? Because so much of that is going on today. Yes, the manipulation, it's all of the devil. It's either evil or it's good. There's no in-between. So if I don't agree with something, why all of a sudden you don't want to be my friend? Whatever happened to that? You have friends for 20-some years and you disagree, you still love them. There's nothing wrong with that. My husband and I don't agree on everything. I know you guys probably thought that. <laughs> we agree on everything. <laughs> right? Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. He just bear witness to what I just said. <laughs> but the thing is, it's okay if we don't agree about everything. He has a different way of seeing it. I have a different way of seeing it. I'm not going to cut him off. I want divorce because now you ain't agreeing with what I'm saying. No, I still love you. We're going to work it out. Allow the Holy Ghost to deal with it. What's wrong with that? My girls don't agree with everything that I say. Everything PT does up in here, I don't agree. Some of what you leaders in here do, I don't agree. I'm like, what the heck, why they do it? But, you know, I just say, hey, let the Holy Ghost deal with them. I don't agree, but I love you. We can't do that anymore, right? So we as people of God got to learn how to disagree, agree to disagree and yet still have unity. Not uniformity because we're not robots, but still have unity. That doesn't mean we have the sameness and we're going to agree in everything all the time. We're not. But we share, a, we share a unity in our purpose, in the vision of what God is doing about kingdom business. Kingdom of God, period. Unity. That's it. And the thing is, and it's so hard at times because people don't want to hear truth, and then you kind of get in your feelings a little bit because you're like, what's wrong with them? It's so simple, you know, but you got to go, hmm. I'm not going to allow that because I'm not going to have strife come in me because, you know, strife kills the anointing on your life. Not even that person. They're being used by the enemy to destroy and kill your, your anointing. So you got to love them as you go. Just love them as you keep walking. Love them enough to walk away and still love them. That's okay. That's still love because you walked away. You didn't cut them off. 
If they decide to, whatever, you just pray. But you just walk in love as you're walking away, right? Glory to God. All right. I think that might be coming to the end of this. Let's just go real quick to uh, Ephesians 6, and then this is it. Ephesians 6. I'm saying all that just to say that we are in a spiritual battle right now, and you cannot win a spiritual battle in natural-type circumstances. You have to war in the spirit. You have to make sure you are spending time with God. You have to make sure you are in his word so you know what it says. You have to make sure that you are hearing only what he is saying. You got to do intercession right now. You got to pray for an outpouring because that is the only thing that's going to change this world and what is going on right now. You got to yourself repent for the times that you really missed it because none of us made it. Ain't none of us arrived. We've all missed it. So you got to pray too where you might have missed it. Ephesians 6, we're going to start at 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints that where I'm stopping one more and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel keep your armor on people of God the whole thing don't just wear your belt and you don't have no shirt on, you know. You don't want to go out with just your belt of truth, but hear the truth. Put your, put, your full, put your breastplate on. Put on your helmet of salvation. You have to have it on every day. Don't go out of there undressed. You got to have on your full, full armor because, like I said earlier, God says you'll be hated for his name's sake. Here's the thing. It's okay. It's okay that they don't like you. It's okay that you're not popular. It's okay about that because you want to have influence, not popularity anyway. You want to have influence because influence, you, you, get, you can get fruit. You can get change out of people's lives. When you have influence, they take what you're saying. But if you're just popular, you're just going along with the masses. Jesus didn't go along with the masses. They hated him too. They wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff and everything. But you got to understand, you got to stand for what is right. You got to stand for what is truth. You got to remember that. We win this thing. The enemy may look like he's winning with his surprise attacks here and there, but I'm telling you, God is bringing forth surprise blessings if you hang on and you stand firm and know that kingdom truth is what wins. Nothing else. Stay in God's view of whatever matter happens. Speak up. Speak up, people of God. They keep talking about there's a silent majority, which I believe is the church. Enough with us being the silent majority. We have to speak forth with boldness and confidence what the word of God says. Know that when you open your mouth, angels back you. Know that when you open your mouth, God backs you. Know that we have prophetic unctions in our mouth. And when you open it, you allow things to start happening in the kingdom. That is your responsibility. That's no one else's. So you stand on kingdom truth. You stand on it. You believe what God is doing in this time and hour. You believe that our freedoms are not being taken away. 
because God says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we're calling for the Lord, the spirit of God, to outpour in this place like never before. So I'm going to encourage you just to be bold in this time. Just rise up in this time. Don't let anything or anyone stop you because you, God, has called you king and priest. He has called you to be about kingdom rule and domain. He has given you authority to do things that he has. He's, he's going to use us and work through our hands and our feet and our mouth. He's calling you to do it. So I encourage you to be confident in what he has said. I'm done. Let me bring my honey up. Hallelujah. Well, my wife decided we try this. So I said, okay, I'm up for it. So there comes a time in, in one's life, uh, a man or a woman's life, and uh, I always try to incorporate the woman because many times in history, women have been overlooked. They've been set, set at the back row and things of that nature when she's just as valuable as a man. Amen. And very, very uh, a part of God's big plan and his purpose. But there comes a time in, in our life to where we must repent. Because sometimes we're, we're going after God. Sometimes there's some of us that they're not going after God. But in this particular case in my life, I thought I was going after God. And my wife, she referred to the fact that we were one-time Muslims. So in the late 90s, um, I came to a, a place in my life to where I was being repentive of the state of uh, existence and where I was. I wasn't happy. The Lord, I knew the Lord wasn't happy with my ways. I was hurting. I seen other people hurt. So the Lord was dealing with my heart. I started feeling this heart of a fleshly heart, as the Bible prophesies in Ezekiel. And I was driving, I'll never forget it, I was driving in Georgia, going north on Highway 95. And I was in between the city of Chambly and, and Norcross. And I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to feel this way anymore. You know, people are hurting, I'm hurting. And then that's when he began to speak to me. And he gave me a vision. And I'll say this, we live in a great country America is great. God has a great plan, a wonderful plan for America. And I would never say that if I didn't have a revelation. And here's the revelation that I got. As soon as I repented, I had a vision. I was driving north with my eyes open, looking north. And I had that prayer, that silent prayer of repentance. And in the back of my head, outside my car window, I could see the cloud. I mean, in the clouds. Uh, old glory, the flag of the United States of America, the star-spangled banner, flowing with waves and waves. And then the voice of Yeshua says, why do you persecute me? I made this nation for you. And then it was gone. And then at that point in time, I just started seeking Yeshua, going back to church, bringing my family back to church. And we found a very good church in uh, Norcross, Georgia. It was called Christ Fellowship with Pastor, pastor Chuck Strong was the pastor. And he gave us a, a children's ministry there. And we started out and 
He didn't want to hear much of, of my past or whatever. It was just like the prodigal son. You know, welcome home, my son. Amen. White man, blue eyes, looked into, my, looked into my eyes and said, I love you. Welcome home, son. You know, ha- have your ministry. Let, let the Lord do his work in, in, in you and through you. And we did. And it was, we had some wonderful times. Through, through myself and my wife, we did some wonderful things through the children's ministry, and it, and it, it, it darn near brought like a, like a revival to the church because many of the older people were so revived, so uplifted to see what God was doing through the young people in, in, in praise and in dance and in drama and things of that nature. You're a tough act to follow. So... My wife, she, she's got to preach on her, and I got to preach on me as well. Um, but there's a difference between preaching and teaching. But I, I noticed that this, this message that I'm bringing, it's, it's more of like a teaching thing, okay? So I will be reading a lot, and I will move fastly because I, I do respect the time, and I know that I, got, I have to keep your, your interest. So, um, so absolutely, we, we love our nation. Uh, we, we've had a revelation and we can see America in the word yes. and we know that America is tied with Israel. You know, there, there's a covenant night. And, and one of the things that President Trump, one of the first things that President Trump did when he became president is he made uh, America, America's embassy in Israel, in Jerusalem. Amen. So that was that was pivotal. He he honored God and his word by doing that. And when you bless Israel, God will bless you. Okay, so I say that to say, you know, don't get in your walk, in your Christian walk, in your life. You're going to find times where you just got to, you know, you got to pick yourself up and continue to moving to continue to move forward. Okay. All right. So as kingdom believers, we're called to shore forth the excellence of Jesus Christ. I want to talk today about manifesting the excellence of Jesus Christ, our Lord. When I hear the word excellent, I'm immediately reminded about our triune Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And how excellent their plan is to redeem us and to restore us back to our right relationship with God Almighty. When we study creation, we see firsthand that our Heavenly Father is an excellent creator. Amen? Amen. There is simply no one better than Him at this. Let's look quickly at the relationship of the earth and the sun. The earth rotates on its axis about at the rate of speed of about 1,000 miles per hour. Yet, it feels like we're hardly moving. Does it seem like we're moving? But we're moving, we're rotating at that terrific speed of about 1,000 miles per hour. This is what creates day and night. Okay. By the same token, we are also moving around the sun at the terrific speed of 67,000 miles per hour, traveling a distance of 72 million miles. That's what creates the four seasons. Yet it feels like we're not even moving. That is the terrific design of the creator that we have. How excellent is his name. Excellence can be defined as limitless in goodness, superior in quality, 
of behavior, substance, attitude, or expression, exceedingly great in all things. Let's go to, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. And it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, not of our own selves. Treasure is a quantity of precious metals, gems or other valuable objects, a concentration of wealth, often originating from ancient history. That is considered lost or forgotten, just done away with. Nobody can find it. Until rediscovered. Some jurisdictions legally define what constitutes a treasure. Our treasure is Jesus Christ. In the person of the Holy Spirit living within us. His power, his grace, his divine ability gives us the ability to operate in excellence. No matter what comes our way, all because of the wonderful name of Jesus, because Jesus was born of an excellent spirit. We have the ability now because of what he done. He healed everyone he prayed for. He brought the dead back to life. He turned water into wine. Amen. He fed the 5,000 on one occasion, and on another occasion, he fed 4,000 with just some fish and some loaves, but yet he multiplied it, just like he's multiplying your finances. Amen? Amen. 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 It's called the blessing of multiplication. It's mine. It's yours because we are heirs of the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He fasted 40 days, no water. No food in the desert. Who does that? Jesus. The son of God. You got people that still say, uh, I don't believe he's the son of God. But that's our job, to give it audience, to give it voice, to keep it alive. Because he is alive. Walked on water. The wind and waves obeyed his voice. The cross could not hold him. Death could not keep him. All of Rome could not discourage Jesus. The demons of hell could not stop him. Hallelujah. He left the 99 to save you, to save me. No height, nor wet, nor width, nor depth, nor width could separate us from his love. He came to give us back the Holy Spirit to restore the breath of life, the breath of God himself. Back into us. That's why it's recorded there in John 20, 22. He said to his disciples, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. And he breathed upon them. The breath of life. The same thing that God did to Adam back in the garden. And Adam became a living soul. Amen. So he... Or brought it back. He gave us life back. He gave me my life back. 
After I was walking, and I I knew him as a a little child, I got lost in the way. But he brought me back because he's faithful, even when we are not faithful. We're talking about the excellence of Jesus Christ and the power that's working in us. There is power, power, wonder-working power. (laughs) In the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, very often we identify excellence with the companies we do business with. We admire them because they make our life better. And I wrote some slogans of some really great companies. And I'm sure you guys are going to recognize them. So easy a caveman can do it. Play along. Who's that? Geico, right? We recognize this because they have exemplified, they have a track record, a history of greatness. They have a product. They say, we can do this better than nobody else. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, they deliver. That's an example of excellence. They're they're there when you call them. They show up when you need them. They're dependable. They're reliable. Man, they made my day because without that company, I would have been on the side of the road, broke, busted, and disgusted. But they came through. (laughs) They delivered on their word of integrity. It keeps going and going and going and going. Energizer, right? Just do it. Nike. What's in your wallet? Capital One, right? All right. And I thought this one was appropriate, being the fact that, you know, all the stuff we're going through, you know, it's like the whole world caught a code and stuff like that. And everybody was out of toilet paper, scrambling, looking for toilet paper, all that kind of stuff, going crazy. Don't squeeze the Charmin. And did you guys know that Charmin, uh, it holds the world record for the largest Paper, uh, toilet paper roll ever in history. It's eight feet tall. They made a roll eight feet tall, and I bet a lot of us was looking for it a couple months ago. Eight feet tall, 4,000 pounds that it weighed. I thought that was funny. All right. So a huge part of Father's plan of excellence for our life is to be a blessing to others. It doesn't start with huge monetary gifts either. Having an excellent spirit toward others is what is essential. In Matthew 7, 12, we are enjoined to do unto others as we would have do unto us. Amen? That is the golden rule. But the platinum rule is, you guys ready for this? Treat others how they want to be treated. Now, some of you might say, well, that's not in the word. Ben, you got a scripture for that? And normally, religious people, that's how they operate. Give me a scripture. Give me a scripture. Give me a scripture. And that's called legalism. Okay? So when you run across a person like that, it's, it's, no, it's no judgment, but it is what it is. Amen? Just like we Tasha talked about identifying with truth. When you deal with somebody that has a scripture for everything, you know, because the scripture also says that the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Okay, knowing his heart, have a revelation of his heart. Okay, 
All right, so one thing's for sure about that, treating others how they want to be treated. Let me tell you, the punchline to this is you have to have a relationship with that person. And these relationships we develop in the church. The church is part of a community, you know? And you can't really say that you love somebody and you don't take the time to get to know somebody. You don't take the time, hello, to know somebody. Time is essential. We cannot operate on higher spiritual levels without authentic, genuine love relationships. Just can't do it, guys, with God's people. And yes, we have to first start with ourselves. That's understood. This is why God the Father and Jesus point out time and time again a vital point of the kingdom. Um, I want to have uh, the video crew, if you guys can bring that scripture up, Matthew 5, 23. Just to help me make my point here. Do we have anything a little bigger than that? That's, I want to get something that the whole church could use, could see. If that's all we have, then that's all we have. Magnify it a little bit more, please. Well, I want to be able to see it in the back row. It's important or else I wouldn't do this. Amen. All of this is important. Okay. Is it 23rd? Okay. Therefore, all right. Yeah, I want the 23rd. Okay, therefore, if thou, thank you so much, I really appreciate it. Therefore, if thou, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thou rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first. Be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Okay, so you have a gift, and of course, it's saying your gift, and at the altar, so... In my mind, when I first read that scripture, I said, tithes and offerings, right? But a lot of times in life, you know, to look deeper in, into scripture, a lot of times, just like Tasha was talking about, you know, when you have a conversation with somebody and, and things get hit up, you know, and then, oh, you know, you feel like you're the preacher now and the preaching is coming out on you. That's like your gift. And you're using that gift to kind of, you know, gain the advantage on a person or something. And that's what that's talking about. Because the Lord says, okay, well, whatever you're doing, whatever I, the gift that I placed in you, set it at the altar. Go make it, go, because your gifts, you, you can't use your gifts for that. Amen? You can't, we cannot, as the body of Christ, we cannot use our gifts, our, our eloquence of speech, or whatever, our, our money, our influence to manipulate the body of Christ. Okay? It's right there in the Word. All right? Because what's important to our Father, and I'm going to continue to point out, is our relationships, our love relationships with people. And so he had to deal with me a lot in how I perceive relationships and how I, really, how I perceive his people. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to read from 1 Peter 3 and 7. It's dealing with wives. So it says, honor your wife that your prayers be not hindered. 
Again, relationships. Say that again. Honor your wife that your prayers be not hindered. <laughs> and again, honor to honor, just like we honor our soldiers, we honor the people that fought in the military, we honor the president, we honor a judge. We're showing respect, and respect is, a, is another a, a form of love and adoration because we're acknowledging, we, we honor Pastor Tom, we're acknowledging their office and the amount of study that they put in, the amount of uh, work that they've put in to hold that office. Amen? Amen? So it says, honor your wife. Well, this is the person that you love. This is the person that you said, I do. This is the person that had your children. This is the person that cooks for you. This is the person that does many, many things that uh, sometimes go unnoticed. But it says, honor, again, to, to show respect, to show adoration for, to show love for. Okay. All right. So let me, what I was saying is that um, in, in honoring our, 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 our wives, um, sometimes we just have to tell them, you know, if things go awry and she's a little distant and uh, she seems indifferent, sometimes men, we have to just take the time to tell them we appreciate them, we love them, bring them flowers, um, that, that type of stuff. Uh, again, it's it's slowing down. Yeah, he's hugging his wife, <laughs> hugging Bay. Yeah, it's like, it's ta- it's taking the time, you know. It's leaving your gift at the altar. You know, I'm the man. I work, you know, 50 hours. You know, I do this. I do all the heavy stuff, but I'm I'm setting that down, you know, at the altar of my mind or my heart. I'm setting that down, and I want to humble myself to say thank you to my wife, you know. I want to I wanna bring you flowers. I appreciate you. You know, what can I do better as a man to communicate with you so that, you know, we can keep our relationship going? You know, do, do we need to go away for a couple of days? What? You know, and so, you know, we allocate money to do certain things we plan so that we can have a quality relationship. Because if we don't have a quality relationship or you're in ministry and you don't have a quality relationship with your wife, then... Set, set it down at the altar. That's right, man. That's right. Set it down. Go back and make things right, right. With, your, with your first love, with Yeshua. And ultimately, it is talking about Jesus because if you really love Jesus, you're going to treat people better. You're going to treat people right. You know, And that's some things that I had to straighten out in my heart. There was a time in my place where, and I repent daily as well, okay? Because this is the walk that we're walking in. It's lofty, guys. All right. Am I alone in this or what? All right. It's a lofty. It's a lofty call. All right. And sometimes you will want. You will want to give up. You want to just say, forget it. Throw in the towel and just let your temper fly all the time and curse words roll and things of that nature and just hang out in the flesh and get funky and stuff like that. But that's not what we're called to. Now, the Ten Commandments of God are all relational. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make any graven image. Thou shalt not use my name in vain. Honor the mother and father. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Spend time with him. Thou shalt not kill, steal, or commit adultery, and thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's possessions. 
Okay, they're all relational. Those are the main. He's like, look, this is this is the way it is. Okay, I'm a jealous God. All those other things that you try to worship, they didn't they didn't create all this. You know, they didn't make you. You ser- you want to serve a graven image wood? You're greater than that. Why worship that? In essence, is what he's saying. No, and don't try to make me. I made you. <laughs> You're going to fail miserably. We're going to fail miserably if we try to make God because God is, goes beyond further than flesh and eyes and, and things of that nature. Amen. Jesus reemphasized the commands of God that were given to Moses. In Matthew 22, 36, and 40, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and, and strength. And the second one is like it, is love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay, and then one asked, standing in the way, Lord, who is my neighbor? And the Lord says, him who has showed you mercy. That is your neighbor. Love that person as you love yourself. Before the foundation of the world, Father's plan for our life was perfect. It was perfect because it would be perfected through Jesus and kept by the Holy Spirit of God. That's why in John 10.10, it proclaims that we have the abundant life. In Greek, it is zoe, zoe, the very life of God. Jesus says in Matthew 5.48, be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Therefore, Ephesians 1.13 highlights that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit keeps you keeps us ripe and ready. It keeps the impurities of the world out of us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Another function of the Holy Spirit is to lead, guide, and direct. That's why when you're thinking about something and you're thinking about something and thinking about something, that's the Holy Spirit pulling you back. And if you've got to keep doing that like this, thinking and thinking of that, then, then most likely it's not a good decision, okay, because the Holy Spirit has you reserved and he's pulling you back on something. We must align our thoughts, just like Tasha says, to what God's word says about us. If it says we can do all things through Christ, then we must speak it as well as and then do it. Every day our attitude must be one of a positive expectation, knowing that Father has purpose to bring us so much goodness to us and through us. God's plan for our, our lives is so good he wants to bless and empower you. He also wants you to bless everyone you come in contact with in one way or another. Attitude is a settled way of thinking. We have to change our attitude. Romans 12 and 1. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This process has to happen on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit will prompt you, lovingly correct you, and encourage you. But the important thing is, is to remember not to give up the process until the nations of the earth have called you blessed. Father will move us out of our comfort zone because there will be always another level of glory to manifest, always something else to improve. Let's take a look at Mark 9 and 2. I appreciate you, baby. You being back there good, praising the Lord. All right. So we're at Mark 9 and 2. So this is just such an awesome scripture. Oh, my gosh. 
And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shiny, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias and, and with Moses, and they were take, talking to Jesus. And Peter answered and said, Jesus, Master, it is good for us to, to be here and to let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what he say. For they were so afraid. They were, they, were, they were shaken. They see this awesome vision here. Moses and Elijah show up. And then look who else shows up. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them. And a voice came out of that cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. And suddenly when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. So this also points out what's going on. Even, even though Jesus did mighty miracles, as I stated before, he, he walked on water, he raised the dead, he brought the, the dead to life, uh, made the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, uh, cleansed the leper, fed, fed the hungry. He was still being changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. Then the scripture says that as he is, so are we. Yes, yes. Going from one level to another. It's just like the, the, the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. And that's what we have to acknowledge and recognize is that we have a treasure in us that it's, it's a metamorphosis. It's like a, a worm to a butterfly. You know, a huge metamorphosis, a huge change is taking place because we have God Almighty living in our temples. We have the creator, the essence of the creator that created everything we see, everything we don't see living inside of us. Well, why doesn't he believe it? Why doesn't my neighbor believe it? Why doesn't the CNN newscaster believe that God is in me? Well, it's a faith walk. <laughs> Again, what Tasha said earlier, whose report are we going to believe? Are we going to believe and identify with truth and the excellence of the revelations that we have received and the excellence of the revelation that is being taught by Pastor Tom on a daily and a weekly basis that we have God Almighty in us? Hallelujah. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 3.18. You know, just, a thought just came to me how, how the Apostle Paul wrote Corinthians and he, he, he wrote by revelation of the Lord, uh, most of the New Testament, and how, how before Paul repented, uh, the lifestyle that he lived, you know, and that's all in the Word for us to, to glean from, you know, and to grow from. And the Scripture also says that he who is forgiven much, right, 
much will be required of them. So in 2 Corinthians, but his, his revelation is, is just incredible. 2,000, you know, 2,000 some years later, uh, my mind is blown every, every time I pick up the Word of God and read the Pauline Gospel. Okay, there it is. Okay, so, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord is made manifest. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Amen. So, the call is great. You know, there will be times where we would want to faint. But thank God for his refreshing. Now, one might say, Brother Ben, how can I be perfect? It's so frustrating at times. Well, it's a grace flow. Second Corinthians 2 and 8 says that it's by grace we are saved. It's not of our own selves, but it's from the Lord. It is, it's his grace, his empowerment. His divine ability is why we're saved, and by His grace in which we're going to operate and do these things. So in this church, there is a spirit of excellence on this church. This is not a church where we judge people, we criticize people, but we want to see that excellence manifest in you. Whatever the desires of your heart are, if you, if you like to, to minister in nursing homes, if you like to minister to teenagers... If you, if you give prophetic words, we try to get behind you and, and bring and pull that out of, out of you. So, you know, TCVC is not a body of believers that want to see people fail. We want to see people succeed and have excellent success. Amen. Now, the church is part of God's plan to perfect the saints. That's why people say they don't go to church. Or when people say that they don't go to church, what, what in essence they are saying is that they're aborting God's process. We must keep our focus on the finished work of Christ while we trust in the Holy Spirit to enable us on a the, on the daily basis. Uh, once again, that's the grace empowerment. Now, I've highlighted some tools uh, and with some things that will bring to the forefront of our mind uh, think Because in, in living in today's society, we got to know what works and what doesn't work. Okay, so I've highlighted some things, things that do not work, okay, in our walk. Criticizing does not work. Don't be critical, critical of people you're in a relationship with. Yelling at people, yelling at people you love does not work, all right? Name calling, being judgmental, and mean-spirited, that does not work. When this happens in your life, just repent, because Father is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But what does work? The grace 
and commune, commune with the Holy Spirit, talking to the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis and on a regular basis. Time is on our side. Father has given us all the time that we need to get this right. Amen. That's why the scripture says time remains with the Father. The time of the judgment, the time of the end days, it, it all remains with, with the Father. It's all in the Father's hands. Okay, so time is on our sides, beloved. Prayer. Prayer works. Prayer helps remove the clutter in our minds that, that the world is bringing and bombarding our minds with. So when we set aside to time to, to pray and communicate with God, prayer helps us in that, in that, that important work of bringing the spirit man to, to uh, the forefront of our minds. We want to have deeper revelation of God, getting into God's word, reading God's word, speaking God's word. And also being respectful. Oftentimes I'm reminded that we live in a society that forgot how to say thank you. Please. Yes. I appreciate that. Mr. Mrs. How may I help you? You know. So we as a church, we got to be the, the first people to bring a lot of that, that old honor and respect back into the kingdom of heaven. Because this is the, really what the kingdom of heaven is about. It's about excellence. It's about not being satisfied with the old man and the old ways. Or the examples that are being placed in front of us that are bad examples. They're not godly examples. So we have to start getting in the word, having a revelation so that we can set the tone. So that we can be recognized as a peculiar people, a nation who's set apart, a nation of priests and royalty. We have to believe it first before we expect anybody else to believe it. And then once we start manifesting and, and carrying out what we believe in excellence, then people are going to start saying, you know, hey, this stuff works. Amen. the key.